Can a soul be quarantined? This is Simon Jacobson in our weekly Wednesday night live program. Can a soul be quarantined? Quarantine has challenged us, this generation, which has never seen anything like this before, in so many different ways, personally, economically, health-wise, psychologically, emotionally, you name it, and in some ways it's impacted us. And very often in a very radical fashion. Disruption, upending existing and otherwise reliable systems. The list goes on. But here's a question that we would never have asked a few months ago. Can a soul be quarantined? A body can be quarantined. We're told, medical authorities, even now that things are opening up a bit, it's, we're still wary, but there was a time, just, just what's well, still going on, that stay home. Why? Because we're dealing with a contagion, a very contagious virus that's unpredictable, has taken many lives, threatening many others, and the most preventive possible thing we can do to contain it is to stay home. This began more seriously mid-March in the United States, New York. So our physical bodies are meant to stay home, not go to work, not go to our regular social environments, stadiums, theaters, museums, restaurants, houses of worship. That's the quarantine of the physical body. When people keep a social, social distance, and even if they're in the same environment but six feet away or whatever the amount is, wear masks and the other preventive measures, that, in a way, separates us from not catching or not making it, not so, making it more difficult for the disease to spread. Only contained. But what has it done for our spirits? So for many of us, because we've been so dependent on our social interactions, on our networks, on our jobs, on places we've traveled to, our summer plans, this is very unnerving, to, say the, to put it mildly, to say the least. It's unnerving in the sense that it's upsetting everything we depended on. But we're challenged to ask ourselves, what happens to your inner personality? Maybe one that you have ignored for a long time. And I'm not saying that in any judgmental or critical way. Just a reality. We're busy with a lot of our activities, our jobs, our social activities, our entertainment, our travels, etc., etc. So what's with our inner personality? What some would call our souls. Can a soul be quarantined? Can we quarantine a soul? So this immediately um, intrigues us and provokes us to think a bit about that inner sense of self. As I said, a body can only be in one place at one time. So it's either at work or it's at home. It's either going to uh, an eatery or meeting a friend or traveling, or it's in a particular local, localized location. So that's definitely subject to quarantine. Quarantine meaning stay isolated, stay in a secluded space, only with either your immediate family or just alone altogether. But what about that whole spirit that we have? We've seen an explosion of Zoom and online different programs, people coveting, people yearning to connect. They're connecting, they're communicating, and not just about superficial things, about profound things. 
And yet their bodies are in very different locations. Technology has allowed that miracle to happen. The miracle of being able to transcend time and space that was always throughout history that invisible wall that if you wanted to go and talk to someone who was in a different part of the world, you would never be able to communicate with them because you didn't even know they existed. Most people were born and died 500 years ago, 300 years ago, in the same town. And they knew the few hundred people that they knew. In rare cases, you had people who traveled a bit, who maybe moved around. <clears throat> but, to, but today, to the miracles of technology, space and time has disappeared. You can sit right now here and connect to anybody anywhere in the world instantaneously. And more than one person. So time and space have very different meanings. So we see a different type of connection. Yes, there's still something to be said, more than something, about personal, physical connection. You know, what would it be like if mothers and fathers were not able to hold their children or be in the same room? There's no question that security and that healthy forms of attachment and dependencies in good ways and confidence is built on human touch, human interact, human proximity. But to suggest that it's only that, obviously not. And the best proof is that even when children grow up, there's a connection between parents and children or between people who love each other, even if they're millions of miles apart. So let's explore this soul. How does the soul relate to time and space? Would be another way of phrasing the question. We know how the body relates to time and space. I just described it. Technology has allowed bodies with their souls and identities to communicate with each other. But what about corpses, God forbid? I don't mean to sound morbid. And I'm not talking about mysterious things. Two physical bodies that don't have a spirit or a personality within them. Do they communicate with each other? Not as bodies. They may communicate on a psychic level, on a spiritual level. Because the fact is the nature of material existence is such it's subject to time and space. If you're here, you're not there. As I said, technology has allowed that that communication, but technology requires not just two bodies, it also requires two voices, two identities, two personalities. You can send a a person sitting at a computer has an identity, which can then dial, or in this case not dial, just hook up with somebody wherever they may be through technology, through the internet. Whether it's through WhatsApp and texting or videoing or phone or Zooming or uh, Google Meet and all the other platforms that exist. So let's discuss the nature of the soul and the nature of the body in contrast to each other. And time and space is a good beginning. A body is subject to real time and space. It's born in a certain time, in a certain place. It experiences life through its trajectory in a very tangible way. Each moment, each day, each, each, uh, each hour, each day, each week, each month, each year, decades accumulate. That defines the time of life, the journey of life, the river of time, or the spiral of time. Space, we're born in a particular place, we live in a particular space, we may travel, we may move, but it's all defined by that. What about the soul? Interesting question. Does soul begin at a certain point? You could say soul and body meet upon birth, upon conception, I should say. We say also the soul, therefore, has some relationship. But is the soul bound by time and space? Even without quarantine, in general. We know it's bound to the body because the soul does not give life to more than one body. 
Your soul is giving life right now to you, your energy source. But is the soul quite defined by the parameters of time and space as the body is? The answer is absolutely not. The soul does not, because being a sublime, an ethereal, spiritual entity, its parameters are not that concrete. So its time and space may be more conceptual, but not physical. So in essence, yes, you cannot say that a soul is confined by time and space. Does that mean a soul could travel in time? Can go back and go forward? Well, we have memories. Even though the body also carries memories, but it's the soul, which means the inner personality, the mind at work, not the dead machine, the, the, the body without a soul, that carries memories. It can plan ahead, and it can have a bigger picture. To put it in different words, matter, meaning material matter, is not just defined by time and space, it's also defined by self-absorption. It's survival. So it is because it needs to define itself. It needs to assert itself. The soul, on the other hand, because it's not defined by time and space, it doesn't need to say, this is my space, this is my time. The soul is the exact opposite nature. It's a selfless reality. It feeds off of giving even more than of taking. So the difference between them is actually an entire personality difference. Soulfulness means more compassion, more refinement, a far more ethereal nature, whereas matter is raw matter. Now, these two forces come together, body and soul. You can say the body is interested in its survival, and the soul is interested in transcendence. And that's why it transcends time and space, and the body is defined by time and space. It's an analogy that, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or something I just developed over the years. I, I, it's, very, it's very visual and can help us get a sense of things. Think of a human being, a person on a boat. See yourself, visualize yourself on a boat, floating down a river, right? And you see on the banks of the river, you see both sides, you see different sights, different natural uh, events, maybe animals. And this boat is going its merry way down the river. Today you see certain sights, tomorrow another sights. What happens tomorrow with the events that ha- with the sights that you saw or heard, experienced the day before? We would call that, that was yesterday. That's the past. The present is what I'm experiencing right now. Now you know that this river was, yesterday there was a different part of the river we were on, on this boat, and tomorrow we'll be further down this river. Now imagine continuing the visualization. So what you can see is only the here and now, whatever where the boat is right now, and and the parameters that your vision or your sound or your other tools and senses can reach. That's what you're experiencing. That's your present. Now imagine a bird. A bird. A bird is flying up there. And the bird has a bird's eye view of the boat where you are, of where it was yesterday, because it can see the bank that was yesterday, and where it will be tomorrow. Now, take it a step further. The bird then comes flying down and settles on your shoulder. It settles on your shoulder. And it whispers to you. And you have a conversation with it. You say, bird, where were you? Bird says, I was soaring in the heavens. And I, res- and I saw where you were yesterday. And I know where you're going to be tomorrow. But you are on the boat, so you can only experience it as you do experience it on the ground level, on the river level, on the water level. But I have seen it in the bigger picture. This, the bird, is your soul. And the person on the boat is your body. The soul, by definition, is not defined by parameters. 
well, I should say physical parameters. So if left on its own, the, the, the soul is a soaring free spirit, a transcendent free spirit, not grounded, not contained, not limited. It has its own parameters, spiritual parameters, but that's not relevant to our discussion. And therefore, if you were to ask the soul, tell me, birdie, little bird, what do you see? The soul would give you the big picture. Not just the narrative of the moment, but the next chapter, the previous chapter. Not that it foretells the future, it just has the bigger picture in mind, the wider horizon. The body, on the other hand, experiences as you are on the boat, traveling, that's the traveler, on your vehicle. Imagine if you could join the two. Imagine you could listen to the bird on an ongoing basis and say, soul, please tell me, tell me more about my life. So when you're busy all day, going to work, rushing to rush hours and different expectations and demands, as it was, life was the regular life, our schedules a few months ago, you don't really have the patience or time to listen to this bird, to listen to the bird which is your soul. Yeah, from time to time, especially if you're anxious or if things aren't going well, that's when we turn inward. But generally, our structure, we're on our boat. The boat is riding. And it may be a boat going at 90 miles an hour for that, 90 knots an hour, which really keeps gets you on a spin and you don't have time there's too much noise going on. But when life has been disrupted and schedules have been upended and all the other changes that we're experiencing right now, yes, we have a lot more time, not just physical time. We are inward, we're thinking, we're more inward bound. We're thinking more internally. And now the question is, yes, what, what kind of soul do I have? Now, if your soul was, God forbid, quarantined like your body, bound by the time and space, and your body has to be locked up, so to speak, or in lockdown, and your soul is with you, oh, would God have mercy. That would mean that your spirit and your psyche and all your emotions are trapped with your body. When I say body, I mean your physical being and all its interests. And that can be extremely, um, what's the word for it, I would say, debilitating, demoralizing. But that's not the case. The soul, even when the bird comes on your shoulder, it's still a bird. It still can soar. And it can still give you the picture that it sees. Yes, it's now on your shoulder. It's within you. But its voice is from without you. So it's, it's not just a, a nice, entertain, a nice entertain, idea to entertain, a nice concept. It's actually, I would say, life-saving. More than that, life-affirming life to be able to access that non-quarantined soul, that non-confined soul. And what you'll discover are unbelievable insights. You'll discover that you are not just your body. You're not just your work. You're not just a product, a, a sum total of your activities. You have a beating spirit, a bird, that by, na by nature is a transcendent soaring entity that has been given to you as a gift. You may ignore it all through life, especially when you're distracted and busy with other things on the boat and the activities of the present. However, it's always there. And times like this, we are more than ever in need of a conversation like that with your bird, with your soul. The unquarantined, the unfettered soul. So let's talk about, let's talk to our souls a bit. What is this bird like? We know it flies. We know it's not bound by time and space quite the same way as our bodies are. And when I say body, I mean our material activities, our material existence, our survival existence. The, the bird and the soul are transcendent. A closest approximation of the soul, if you want a physical entity, 
A bird is a good example, but there's another one. In the book of Proverbs, that says the soul of a human being is the flame of God. Or the flame of God, the divine flame is the soul of a human being. It's like a flame. What's a flame? It defies gravity. The only physical object that we can see that defies gravity. Even though there's a wick that's grounding it and holding it down, containing it, but if you study the flame, you'll see it's constantly defying. It's looking to go out of its boundaries. And the flame itself is constantly flickering. It's the antithesis of a static existence, of a couch potato. It's a constantly mobile, flickering, rising entity in a perpetual state of yearning. So now let's apply that. I understand the physical flame is just physical properties, but if it's indeed the soul of a human being, that's what defines a soul. Always moving, always seeking, always yearning, always looking to go up, not to go down. Always looking to fly and soar above the confines of time and space. You can even say that human curiosity, human exploration of the unknown, of the mystery, the mysterious, what's out there? We raise our eyes to heaven. What's out there? Is there life? What are the mysteries? That is a quintessentially spiritual quest. Now you'll say, what do you mean spiritual? People love outer space, like space travel, NASA. What I mean by spiritual, spiritual doesn't always mean, as many people confuse it with something that is necessarily religious or ritualistic. Spiritual is the transcendent spirit seeking. So when you listen to music and your soul soars and you're transported to another time and place, beyond your time and place, that's a spiritual experience. It's a sublime spiritual experience. The best way to define it is through, extra, through contrast. What's not physical? Spiritual? Physical. A physical experience is about here and now, definition, empirical evidence. What am I experiencing? Of course you can analyze scientifically music what, and, and all its parameters, but music's impact on us is not that easy to define, to quantify. It's not a mathematical equation. It just has that effect. It can make you cry. It can make you laugh. It could bring you back, transport you to time and place like a bird. So bird, song, flame, look at all those metaphors. They're all around us, and we resonate with them. They resonate in our hearts because we relate to that, the unfettered soul, spirit, the unfettered heart. Can we experience that transcendence as we are on the boat, on the river, as physical human beings? And the answer is absolutely yes, but you need to listen to that voice. You need to engage with it. You need to dialogue with it. If you're going to ignore it and choose instead material here and now, obviously you're not going to benefit from it. But it will beckon. It will knock on your door. Because by nature it's flickering. It's yearning. And it's not at rest. It's restless. Human restlessness is actually the greatest gift. I remember once a doctor come off into my class, the cardiologist. He had a very difficult life. A sweet, sweetest guy, sweetest soul. But he had a difficult life in his family life, other matters that were challenging. And he would always come to me with, I was like, it was like, it was so sad for me to see because he was such a sweet person. But he had this deep sadness in life, existential challenges. And he once said to me, you know, Rabbi Jacobson, maybe you can pray for me. Just one day of respite, of solace, of quiet, quietude. 
And he was, uh, he was intelligent, very sharp, and had a good sense of humor. So I said to him, Doctor, you mean like a uh, flat line? As a cardiologist, he immediately burst out laughing. He said, no, 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 not that flat, not that quiet. A flat line, of course, of a, in a cardiogram is not what you want to see. A heartbeat, if you see a cardiogram, looks like a wave. It's a wave. It's actually very similar to a musical wave or audio waves, sound waves. And it's a healthy heart, the heartbeat, like healthy breath, is balanced peaks and valleys, but all harmonious, all with a balanced rhythm. If you have peaks are too high or the valleys are too deep, that can be trouble. But a flat line is definitely not what you want. Because life is a wave, many waves. It's movement. Everything is moving from one place to another. It's only the human being that has tried to devise methods of, of doing nothing. What did you do today? Nothing. I've mastered the art of doing nothing, being a couch potato. That is succumbing, actually taking your bird, your flower, your song, your voice, your flame, and trying to trap it, put it into a cage, quarantining it. That's the last thing a human being ever wants to do. It's bad enough that the body is quarantined. And I don't just mean now, in general, that is confined. The soul, that's our redeeming Spirit, that's our redeeming element. That's our redeeming force that, that, that will help us get through anything. So you want it to be able to soar. In a way that doesn't soar away, that returns. And there's a, that balance. The, what is called in Kabbalistic and Hasidic literature, Ratzay and Shuv, tension and resolution, yearning and returning. Inhale, exhale. Contract, expand. The secret to life, the formula of the pulsating rhythm of life. Psychologically, that's the case as well. Restlessness. Not, we're not talking about extreme which can go into anxiety or worse. Restlessness, healthy angst, is a sense of constant movement. That's like climbing a ladder. Today I'm here, tomorrow I want another horizon. I conquer another horizon, but in a way that I can contain it. And this, it's this dance of life that soul allows us to really experience the adventure, the spontaneity, the energy that lies at the very marrow of what makes us tick. So, my friends, no, the soul cannot be quarantined. The soul cannot be quarantined. We, however, can allow the soul to be trapped because the soul in its own is a flying bird, a soaring a spirit. But it's our attitudes that make a difference. If we allow ourselves to follow the slothfulness and the, um, uh, what's the word I want, I'm looking for, the lethargy of the body and material life, then we are allowing ourselves to sl- into a slow death, a slow immobility. However, if we allow the spirit to shine, the sparkle in your eye is there no matter how old you are. Now is the time, my friends. Now is the time when our bodies are quarantined to some extent. And I mean physically, but I also mean psychologically. The limitations of where you can travel and how you travel and plans and schedules and all the infrastructures and institutions and conventions we're so accustomed to. Now is the time to allow your soul to set your soul free. And that's through awareness of it, 
feeding it, nourishing this restlessness, the transcendent dimensions that allow the soul, the soul to soar and be the best it can possibly be. So you'll ask, how? So how do we feed the soul this way? Well, you feed it by do, do, being involved in activities that are soulful. What's a soulful activity? Everything that's not about survival. Gratitude, love, giving, volunteerism, compassion, charity, kindness, virtues, higher values. The list goes on. All these are soulful activities because what they do when you experience them, it's not about me, me, me. Remember, me, me, me is the confined in a space. It's all locked in a circle. You're trapped. What happens, God forbid, when if infection affects a human body? If it festers, if it's allowed to remain closed and doesn't have fresh air, it can fester and become serious. We all need fresh air. We need exhale, inhale. We need to see beyond ourselves and then bring that back into our lives. That is the secret to all health, including, and above all, psychological, emotional, and spiritual health. The ability to breathe, the ability to see a bigger picture. That's exactly what we need. So we need to not allow ourselves to be trapped by our own self-defined parameters. In other words, quarantines of all sorts. So we may not have known that we're quarantined a few months ago, but we were also quarantined. Your, your body wasn't a quarantine. It just was an extended one that allowed us to think we're free. But it still was dependent on its needs, on its instant gratification, on its pleasures, easily distracted, easily seduced. The soul was always the redeeming force in our lives. But now it's become glaringly vivid to each one of us because that's exactly what we're doing. Not by choice that our material lives have paused or halted to some extent. We can't just go over every, anywhere we like and we can't just follow our schedules and plans. So now is the time for your soul to shine, to shine forth and demonstrate what it's capable of. That despite the limits of time and space, despite the physical distancing, no, I'm here to love. I'm here to connect. Connect like never before. That is in our hands. It would be tragic if we allowed the soul to follow the quarantine of the body, the quarantine of our state of affairs right now. The soul, no, should soar, dream. Imagine. Imagine things that are possible. Things that are even impossible. Conquer new horizons. And we can do this easily by going online, reading certain things, being inspired. Don't allow yourself to succumb to resignation or to the lethargic elements of life when it is in a state of lockdown and quarantine and rules. And we hear all the negative news and what is going to be and what's not going to be, the uncertainties. Now's the time to focus on your soul on your soaring soul, and feed it. Give it its wings that it needs to take flight. And it's your flight. So think about things you really enjoy, not just for survival. That's body-like, soul-like. What do you really enjoy? Hobbies, art, music, calligraphy, carpentry. I'm just using examples. Stamp collecting. Anything that's somewhat more transcendent is what we need to get involved in now. Because that will nourish the transcendent, soaring bird and spirit that's within you. 
If you don't do that, then what are you going to do with your time? Often, the soul becomes trapped by the body's concerns. What I mean by body, I mean by the material psychological concerns that we have, the immediate now, what's going to be with our health, what's going to be with our economy, what's going to be with business, next press conference, what's going to be with politics, what's going to be with the next election, what's going to be with baseball. And there's plenty to talk about. Everyone's talking about these things. The things we have no control over, we have no control over. But we have complete control over our souls. Where your body will be is going to be determined by medical authorities and by government and and so on, hopefully for the best. But where your soul is, nobody controls. From day one, nobody can write a rule how far your soul can fly. Nobody can write a rule whether your soul can get on a plane because it doesn't need a plane. Nobody can write a rule whether the soul should travel here or travel there because it's spiritual travel. Soul travel is not bound by the rules of the physical quarantining that we're bound by. So your soul can do achieve tremendous things. Just let it out. And a good place to begin, as I said, write down. Write down things that are transcendent in your life. Try to focus on one thing at least a day, some transcendent activity. If that, fee, if that does it work, then add a second thing. Grow. Because it's all about growth. It's not just about a one-time thing or just a one-time activity on a daily basis. It's pushing yourself. That's what flying is about. Flying is not just staying in your comfortable nest, your comfortable grounded place, but it's about soaring, about trying out new things, experimenting with new things, experiencing new ideas, meeting new people online, etc. There's plenty we can do, but we have to initiate. It's not just going to happen. Sometimes we're lucky and by grace some things happen. But we have to initiate. We have to take our lives and say, how can I fly with this part of our, my life? It's a time to look at introspectively, look in soul search into the things that you perhaps dreamt about, were idealistic about when you were younger and now because of time you didn't have time to do it. Now maybe there's a time to open it up. Don't be afraid. Don't say it's too late for me. That's language of the body. That's language of... Of, of, of lethargy. That's the language of material existence. The language of the soul is, what more can we do? How will tomorrow be better than today? How do we grow? How do we achieve more? No matter what we've achieved, there's always more to conquer. That's the language of the soul. Uh, the word conquer is, is actually not the right word. It sounds too warrior-like. More horizons to uh, experience. So, it's a, so it is, in a way, a battle between survival and transcendence between to do what's necessary to keep yourself um, afloat financially and materially or transcendence to experience deeper and truer realities. We need to do both. We need to protect ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. But above all, the spirit, that's where everybody in your home and family is going to look at you. What's your spirit like? Are you down? Are you depressed? Are you frustrated? Are you bitter? Are you just paralyzed? No. Your soul is alive, it's kicking, it's very alive. Feed it, let it feed you. Think of a bigger picture. Where do I want my life to be? How would I like to, what mark would I like to leave in this world? And ask this question to your children, to your families, whatever circumstances you're under. If you're without a family, ask it to friends, to yourself. In the morning, begin the day with that short meditation. Thank you for returning my soul to me. Soul. Again, my soul to me. Soul-like thinking through the lens of the soul, not the lens of the body. 
So at every moment of our lives, every moment of our days, we really have two choices. You sit down at a table to eat dinner. So you could just eat because you're hungry, tasting a new type of food, especially in quarantine, different comfort foods, and so on. That's it. Or you could say, no, what would my soul, what would the bird tell me? The bird would say, no, you're eating because you want to soar. You want to grow to greater heights. Take the energy and let's fly with it somewhere. Not just, okay, I'm going to eat to fill up my gas tank to survive another day, another meal. Use it for some transcendent purpose. That's called elevating the sparks that each one of us is allocated with. That's called looking at the spiritual opportunity in every given situation. Okay, you can't go to work. You can't go to school. You can't go to a house of worship. So that's the divine providence led you now home. This is where you have to be. What can I do? Not just not to be confined. What can I do to make this home a divine experience? Maybe it's with your loved ones. Maybe it's with yourself. Find that transcendent voice of the soul. That soaring entity that is so much that defines who you are. Very often we squash it. Either we're not comfortable, we don't know where it's coming from, but that's the real you. Look at children. Each of us was once a child, child crawling around, exploring. Their soul is very active and alive. It's just not seasoned. They don't know the world yet, so they need protection. But their spirits are completely unfettered, unquarantined. I was watching some children now who have to stay home, they can't go to school. There's a natural exuberance, even now. Yes, some of them know the word corona, coronavirus, COVID-19. No school, Zoom, whatever the classes online are like. But there's something about them that's so pure. Like they don't really get what we're concerned about. Now, obviously, they're real concerns health-wise and so on. I'm not suggesting to reject or ignore that. But there's something we can learn from these children. Look at their spirit, the buoyancy, the flexibility, the resilience. All this is your spirit right now as well. It's just that your spirit has somewhat, I don't say surrendered or resigned itself, but it's moved aside and allowed your body psychology, your material survival psyche to control, to take control. What you need is to allow that, the soul has to be the one in control. It's spirit, it's faith, it's hope, it's belief in something bigger. It's understanding that though there's right now momentary setbacks and challenges, the spirit is still very much alive and kicking, alive and kicking and in a good way. So use it, use it well. Express it. Express it to others. There's so much that can be said about the soul's so-called freedom. Its ability to go beyond quarantines, go beyond transcendent parameters and boundaries and limitations. And we have to realize it's a gift. It's like you're given a gift. Imagine you didn't have that. It would be like, what would life be like without hope, without music, without song, without optimism, without a bigger picture? The answer is, it would be horrible. Your soul is there to tell you that it's not that way, that you have all of that, but you need to be conscious of it because you cannot go in both directions at once. You can't just say, I'm taking care of survival and I'll, I'll deal about my spiritual life later. Obviously, you need to do both, but you need to give a lot of equal time, the more the better, to beyond survival, to transcendence, to, that forces, to the forces of an unquarantined soul that can feed a quarantine body and a quarantine society and a limited situation that we're in with infinite 
dreams and infinite possibilities where earth can meet heaven, where we can touch eternity itself. That's where the soul is there to tell us and give us that power. What better message is there than now? To touch eternity, to kiss heaven. That's what the soul allows us to do. I'm just pausing a moment thinking about my own inner forces. Hope you can do the same and you should do the same. Please know that myself, Simon Jacobson, and the Meaningful Life Center are here for you in that way. That's what we focus on, to understand that the single most important ingredient in life is meaning and purpose. Something more than just survival. Something more than just immediate pleasure, instant gratification. Something more than just the temporary, impermanent things that so consume our lives. That we have permanence, we have eternity, we have infinity that we can reach. May you all be blessed to use this time when that finite and more confined, limited world has been somewhat subdued, humbled, to allow ourselves to the soaring spirit. It's like when your nest, the physical nest, is weaker. The home is weaker. I mean the home, I mean the physical part. That's when we can soar and realize, yes, we need a nest and we'll rebuild it and we'll strengthen it and we'll bolster it and reinforce it. But the spirit has not been compromised at all. On the contrary, this is the time to fly to places, the unprecedented heights that we've never reached before. Please stay in touch with us. Meaningfullife.com, www.meaningfullife.com. We have an array of resources, especially addressing the corona, COVID-19, and the challenges that we're facing, they're facing now. We have literally daily programs, including a daily spiritual antidote, which is a daily video and a podcast that you can subscribe to. Go to MeaningfulLife.com slash Corona. You'll find all the information. Podcasts, Instagrams, Facebooks, you name it. It's all there in the calendar and the program of programs and events. And I just did last night a live Instagram and Facebook on quarant- addiction, in, 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 addiction in quarantine. The challenges we face with addiction. You can check that out. Stay in touch. Like this. Subscribe. Share with others. And above all, share with us your experiences. Questions, comments, feedback, that's what we thrive on. And it's actually that interaction that creates that beautiful network of what defines life. An organism with so multifaceted elements, but all working together, complementing each other, at the same time, each individually contributing something indispensable. That is our driving ethos, our driving motto of the Meaningful Life Center. It was a pleasure and honor to share with you some words Please stay well and healthy. Protect yourself physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually, and those that and your loved ones. May we get through this challenge and come out stronger than ever, more united than ever, though socially distant, but soulfully connected more than ever. Thank you very much. As I said, Wednesday, these programs are, this program is posted live, and then it's archived as well as our other programs. Please stay in touch. God bless you all. Thank you. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.